in my final year at university, as I was finishing up my studies, I received an assignment to do a thesis. And I decided to do a thesis on World War II propaganda. And I would like to just take a moment today to just share a little bit about what happened with Hitler as a lesson for us today. You know what's really interesting about Hitler's propaganda is that many people, you know, when they think about Hitler, they say, or they think to themselves, yeah, there must be a special place in hell for him. He's going to receive special judgment, you know, coming down on him. And he was a especially evil man. And, you know, those things could very well all be true. However, we also need to really look deeper at the society at the time that he entered it. Many people think that Hitler started this new idea of hatred towards many minority groups like Jewish people. But that's not exactly true. What actually happened is that Hitler was tapping into existing public opinions already happening within the German society of the day. There were all these horrible things that Germany was going through at the time when Hitler started coming into political power. And he was playing on a lot of those things. But there was existing public opinions of what the reasons were for those things. There were already scapegoats that existed within the minds of the society for who do we blame for all our economic issues and issues of all kinds. But because these ideas that were laying in the minds of the people were so unacceptable, I mean, you know, it's, it's, unex it's not, everyone knows it's a bad thing to be bad to others. It's a bad thing to be a racist. It's a bad thing to be hating other people. And it's a bad thing to sometimes even just blame people if, if we're not sure that everyone agrees with us. But Hitler came and he made it more socially acceptable for people to express what they've, what many of them, not all, but what the mainstream was already starting to feel. And so when the, he did this, it, it ends up becoming that he was becoming worshipped by much of German society as the Führer or, you know, a, a type of leader that is supernatural and, and, and salvific in his nature, like the one who will save Germany from its woes. But see, what Hitler did to gain the success was, you know, when you look at his, his rallies, when you look at how he spoke and how he addressed the crowd, what you will find is that he speaks and he's constantly looking. He's observing his audience. He's listening. He's seeing how are they reacting to every word he's uttering. And when the, the crowd cheers, he takes note of what he said. And when the crowd is a little bit more, you know, not as seem to be not as interested in what he said, he takes note of that too. And he elevates what he speaks about when the crowd got excited about it. 
And he speaks a little less about the things that he notices the crowd is not too excited about. And the things that the crowd got extremely excited about becomes his main talking points. And by the way, some of those points were the excommunication and ultimate destruction of minority groups. And so I want to submit to you that there were many people had they been placed and had the opportunity to have Hitler's position themselves and had they even been probably foolish enough to believe for themselves that they could do what Hitler ended up doing, if they had the self-confidence, there were more people than we may believe that actually would be able to become Hitler's themselves. And this is the most scary part of it all for me, is that I don't believe it to be completely true that Hitler was an anomaly, that there was only one Hitler. And I believe that there were many people that had it not been Hitler, it may have been someone else. But yet, what does this speak about society today? Because even though, you know, we are not talking, I'm not talking about Germany today, I'm not talking about a Hitler today, but when we are talking about societies, Western cultures today, who face many of the same type of issues. Is it not the same thing where we so easily fall into the idea of we need to find a scapegoat for our troubles? Kind of like in the garden with Adam and Eve. Adam says the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, it's the woman you gave me, God. Scapegoating. Put, placing the blame on someone else who it probably doesn't belong to. I mean, no one is innocent. Everyone has a measure of guilt and everyone has a measure of mistakes in the game. But for some reason, someone dies close to us. We're quick to find a finger, uh, a person to point the finger at. Or or something goes wrong in our country. We, we were looking for someone to blame very quickly. It's this person, it's that political party, it's this president, it's whatever. Or, you know, you get fired at your job. Oh, it was my boss. It was my coworker. It was this, it was that. And granted, oftentimes there are people to blame. I'm not taking away from that. But if that's our first reaction... We must be careful that it's not just our fallen nature speaking all over again. Because ultimately, we have to ask ourselves the question with Germany, old Germany, when they made these decisions to, to accept the fact that, yes, it was this people, it was that people were blaming for all our issues. They had a massive hand to play Hitler was the main guy and the leader, but his sin was, was, was the same sin not also on the people. Hitler would never have been able to exist or rule had it not been for the people who elected him and who supported him throughout his ruling. Because ultimately their sin was the main driving factor. The crowd was the thing that molded Hitler. And so... I want to submit to you that we are quick to find scapegoats when the problem actually somewhat even lies with ourselves. 
Oftentimes, we are the ones who have hatred. Oftentimes, we are the ones who look for scapegoats because there's a log in our own eye. We don't want to, we want to point out the the thing in our brother's eye. And there is a thing in our brother's eye. There is a thing in the stranger's eye. There is a thing in this guy and that guy's eye. But have you taken out what is in yours is my question. Because how can you see clearly? How can you judge rightly? How can you make godly decisions? How can you be a holy ambassador of Christ in a culture that is so messed up? If you are messed up, you say, oh, I'm a, I believe in the Bible, but why do you act like the world? You see, brothers and sisters, ultimately, Christ is the solution to all our problems. He is the, the thing that if he is in the hearts of, of people, they will desire to change their ways and they will desire to love. So, so are we bringing him to the world? Are we bring? Is he the solution that we are are communicating to the world, or are we just indulging in what the world is indulging in, in, getting into these issues that the world are just so they just love these issues and they just love blaming. They love blaming you. You love blaming them. It's this back and forth, back and forth. But in the midst of it, how much do we actually just damage the message of Christ? Because we're so focused on all the things that the world is focused on. We're so focused on the temporary, that which the world is so focused in. And I'm not saying that there aren't temporary things of this world worth talking about. There are. There are real issues in this world worth talking about and addressing. I'm not saying that there aren't. I'm not saying that there aren't, there aren't things worth fighting for in this temporary world. But what I'm saying is that there is an eternal kingdom coming. And how focused are you on that kingdom really? Do you have an eternal type of focus on the coming kingdom of God? And are you trying to bring that kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, as you're supposed to be praying for? Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that. Do we believe that? Do we actually try and strive for that to happen? Do we try and have him come into the hearts of men and women? Or are we just trying to focus on trying to win an argument? Are we just trying to focus on touting our knowledge, our righteousness and how we know better? Yes, you may know better. You may have more knowledge. You may have all the facts figured out. But do you have the gospel on the forefront? Because if you don't, if you don't have the love of Christ on the forefront, and if that is not what you're talking about more than anything else, then are you not just playing part of the game? And, and, and I want to submit to you that this game is what the enemy has us running in circles around. This game that the world and the media and everyone always plays, this fear game, this blame game, this scapegoat game that is as old as time itself. But what if Yeshua came into the world and when he was here, look at his life and see how much he commented on worldly issues. Just, just look at that. Think about the, the Roman occupation. Okay, this was a huge deal at, in his time. It was bigger than anything that our society is facing today in at least America. The Roman occupation was persecuting Jewish people and Christ was a Jew. Yeshua, he was a Jewish man. He was intimate with these persecutions. 
Yet how much does he does he does he become a a a a a, a person who becomes a a commentator and this is what he fights his whole life? Is this what his focus is? No. I'm not saying it wasn't important, but it, it wasn't his focus. That that's interesting, isn't it? And and you you think about all these things that happen in the world. You think about how he talked to the disciples when they asked him about paying taxes, right? This this thing that we have to deal with in the world of paying taxes. Do we need to pay our taxes? And and you know he he says, "Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's," because ultimately, this is what he is saying: taxes, the Roman occupation, all these things, they're real issues. We're f- thinking about, talking about, partaking in, doing whatever you need that you are facing in your world. Those things are real, but they are temporary. And when you get to the Father one day, they're not going to be the things you're talking about. They're not going to be the things you look back on. Did I fight the Roman occupation hard enough? Did I? That's not going to be the conversation. Within the kingdom of God, the conversation is going to be that you're going to have with yourself is what kind of role did I play in God's kingdom? Did I have my mindset on eternal matters eternally? Or did I have my mindset on temporary matters as if they were eternal? Did I did I, did I think upon did I partake in the kingdom of God on this earth or was I talking about other things way more? You see, brothers and sisters, you can tell everyone about how you know what the truth is and how what the deceptions are in this world and all this stuff, and that's great. But if you're not a picture of the Messiah, a picture of love, if you're not talking about the gospel that will fix the issues you're talking about, all you're doing is you're being a clanging symbol talking about issues and you're not talking about the solution. Christ talked little about the, his politics. He talked little about his, his world's things going on in his world and his day because he had more important things to talk about, and we all do. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying, hey, brothers and sisters, you're not allowed to talk about anything else. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, where is your focus? Give to the world what is the world's, but give to God. What is God's? Brothers and sisters, I want us to just think about this. Think about taking the log of our own eye and think about having the host the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me, refine me in this area to have my eyes be cleaned so that I can see clearly. For that is the only way that you will be able to be the light of the world that God has called you to be. For you to look different from it. There's many in this world that can see when something is wrong, but you have the solution within you. And that's what the Father wants to shine to this world. I hope that this video has blessed you. Like this video and share it with your friends if it has, so more can see it. And subscribe to this channel. I want to say a special thank you to our partners who have partnered with us this month to make this video and every other video this month possible. You can find out more about partnering with us by visiting riseonfar.com. Thank you. Shalom.